Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Greetings. Welcome in. It's Sports Talk on this Thursday. Yes, indeed, it's Thursday. In case you're a little out of whack in the rhythm of your week, this is Thursday, January 5th. I have not had a good feel of what day of the week it is all week long because of Monday being a quasi-holiday, that being January 2nd. Welcome in. I'm Scott Beatty. We go till 6 p.m. tonight. Later on, Illinois women's hoops against Northwestern. They'll look for their fourth Big Ten win. They're off to a 3-1 start. It's a late tip at the State Farm Center, 8 p.m. You might consider going because right now, Illinois women's basketball is the hottest team in town. And uh, they, they, are, they are functioning well as a unit. Quite contrastingly different as to the men, what happened last night to them in Evanston at Northwestern. I'm joined by Lauren Tate. We are here to fix everything and get it all right by Saturday when the men will host Wisconsin. Where do you start? Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Uh, I mean, I really I, I think it comes down to just a couple of things. One is offensive execution, and two is defensive execution. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Which is the most – you don't think we should foul every time they have the ball? <laughs> You don't think we should throw it to them when we have it? This year has been a year of foul disparities, and often you look at that and you go, "Come on, a ref! Like, how can it be this off balance?" But it is. Yeah, I'm. You know, that doesn't mean every call was a good call or the right call. But my goodness, well, stop I, fouling! I'd really hate to blame that game last night on the officials. Oh, I don't <laughs> think there's any way you can do that. I don't think there's any way no, you can legitimately. No, that was a really bad performance and. And I, I just miss it. every game we play. It seems to me like the the other team has a better has a veteran, better guard, uh, a better veteran guard. Yep. And last night we saw it again, and we saw it in Missouri, and we saw it, you know, up and down the line. Uh, uh, Illinois run again. Uh, our the freshman guards just aren't getting it done. Now, I kind of like Epps. I think that he might be the the best of the three. That uh, you know, in recent At right days. now. But in five in the last five games, he's had five assists. That's one a game. Uh, Meyer in the last uh, five games has had three assists. We're not making each other better. We're we're too many individuals, and not playing as a team. If you're playing as a team, you're you're helping your teammate. Mm-hmm. And, and and it just looks like to me that we've got some we've got too many divergent interests on the team, and, and it's kind of almost like it's in. In factions with the the two older the two older players who came in from Texas, Shannon and Meyer. Then you got the young freshmen, and you got the guys in between. 
and they're just not meshing yet. I know that they're making every effort. I know they want to, but uh, sometimes it just doesn't come natural. I this is this is not an ideal team in the beginning. It, the way it was formed because you don't have experience at the guard position, and you got Shannon and Hawkins trying to pl- do guard duties. Shannon had seven assists last night, which is great. But you you need guards making assists. You need forward scoring. That's the way. That's the way it works best. And Shannon has uh, been the victim of scouting reports. Sure, can't force. Can't uh, they're forcing him to the right? He's left-handed. Well, plus the fact that he, you know there's always a little help around when he's got the ball too. He's not able to just beat one guy, mm-hmm. and you know that's smart. There's a lot to get into with all this. If you want to weigh in, you can on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, which is 217-351-5357. And uh, our phone number, 217-356-9397. If we get uh, a chance, we'll we'll get you on that as well. Um, we got hits from so many sides last night. I think we all overlooked the fact that in the entire first half, Illinois didn't have a single offensive rebound. And it wasn't because they weren't missing shots. <laughs> there were opportunities. They didn't have a single offensive rebound in the first half. What were they doing? I mean, are they shooting the ball when the guys aren't? You, you should be. You should set up and you should have people in rebounding position mm-hmm. when you shoot. Mm-hmm. But it just seemed like we Illinois took shots last night. You know the moment that the shot went off, oh, that's not likely to go in. Well, there's certain guys that get back right away. Yeah, I, you know, that's Sky okay. Clark runs back. He's mm-hmm. that's intentional. If you keep five guys, four other guys, in there on a on a long shot, especially a three pointer, then somebody you know, there's a defensive rebound, then they're out in transition, and you you're sunk. So you have to trade off and, and calculate mm-hmm. how much how aggressive you want to be but zero ev- offensive rebounds that's not enough <laughs> zero is not enough. it's a little on the low side yeah <laughs> i give that to you um this is befuddling that a team that that beat ucla and texas and Wait was close minute. with virginia the ucla game was was an extremely unusual game you had a guy who was a national player of the week he made eight out of nine threes. Mm-hmm. He he uh, scored twenty nine points. He won the game single handed, and you had to center that game. Danger, who went six for six. Yeah, those are not. You're not going to repeat those. No, you're not going to go six for six every game. You're not going to go eight for nine if you are an erratic shooter. And he has always been an erratic shooter, and he's still an erratic shooter. You don't shoot air balls if you're a really good shooter. And he shot a lot of air balls. But I'm saying the offense can't – I don't expect it to go this limp compared to – I get that it was early in the season and, and you know, everything comes together kind mm-hmm. of thing. And, and and you don't have a scouting report fully yet on how to handle the Illini. And there's, there's so much newness going on. So, yeah, you can beat another high-quality team like that. What I'm saying is this is the opposite. And 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 mm-hmm. this, it's befuddling that this is sort of where Illinois is, over a stretch now. You know, sometimes, ah, you have a clunker, or yeah, they didn't show up ready today, or they were riding their laurels from beating a team before, but now this is on repeat. And and how do you pull this out of a nosedive? 
I don't know. I, I, how, you know, he's tried to make a change right in the middle of, of the season here. Uh, defensively, they're they're not switching all the way around. That's probably good, but again, uh, that's an attempt to, to change something. And then when you insert danger into the game, you've definitely got a different offense. You've got a post up offense that you didn't have before. So they're they're feeling their way, and I don't know. You know, the coach is trying to figure out what to do. Texture says this is starting to look like Underwood's second year when he went 12 and 21. But what's Illinois' record right now, Lauren? Overall, nine and five. Right. Two out of the last three years after 14 games, Illinois has been two has been nine and five. You know, this is the third and fourth seasons now that Illinois has started nine and five. Last year they were better; they were 11 and three at this point. The two prior years. They were nine and five, and There's one of those years ended up being a one seed. The year before was the shortened year by COVID, but everyone expected them to. They would have been in the tournament. It's you know there is a how you look is a different story, and you are right. And they haven't you know they just simply haven't looked good. And there's as soon as as soon as um, it all it all began with me when. Um, there were two post-game interviews that just kind of made me blink. The first one was Meyer stating, you know, things weren't going the way he wanted them to. And then there's uh, uh, Underwood who <laughs> kind of had his – was that – which game was that? I, I can't that, even remember. That was after Penn State. Well, are that, you, yeah. Uh, and, are, and are, that, you, are you talking about this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what I thought of that today. That one? Is that what yeah, you're referring to? Yeah, yeah, But – you know he's he is um, he is so strongly uh, tempered that uh, everybody doesn't respond to being screamed at. I mean everybody. I'm, I, it's worked before, and, and, and but he's um, he really gets after him. And what people see in the games are minor compared to what's going on in practice. I mean, I was told to practice. And the other thing is, now again, I'm getting this information. Whether it's accurate or not, I'm not positive, but I think they had a, a two-hour workout the morning of the game. And some players don't like that. Some players just feel like that's too much. It's, it just takes too much out of them to have Your that. phone's on. Yeah, I, <laughs> I thought I turned it off. I did now. But um, I just think that everybody's got a different way of preparing. And when you have – when you bring in fourth, fourth year, four year players, they had a, a way of preparing, and and they had a, for instance, uh, uh, Drew was was a coach at Baylor, Scott and, Drew, yeah, and I think that Myers made several comments, has made several, about how different it is playing for Underwood than it was for Drew, and commenting, you know, that Drew didn't scream at him every five seconds. He said that, not mm -hmm. me. I mean, he, that was his words. Yep. And so... Coleman I, Hawkins also said in a, in a media availability a few weeks ago that you tune out Underwood when he's screaming. Well, you can't. You have to. I mean, you don't have any choice. I mean, it's kind of hard when he's at you in the huddle, but from well, the sideline... Well, I mean, you've got to try to maintain your equilibrium a little bit. Under those circumstances, now, I, so I, I, I the guy's been too successful. I, I like Underwood in the sense that he's been successful. He has the best record in the Big Ten for the last three years, but he's put together a team that just doesn't quite fit. 
mm-hmm. and this is what's going to happen sometimes in the in the portal because you can't always get who you want. If you if you missed Trebello's it, the situation really screwed him up. Yeah, that was a tough one. Yep. Between and he's still having trouble. Between Andre Corbello, yeah, he was had to sit out due to violating St. John's team rules, undisclosed. And that's he's not the only player in the world that ever has happened to. No, I'm not trying to single he, him out. He in that just way. never. He hasn't turned out to be the. Yeah, he had two years at Illinois, and and I think I think Miller left because he didn't want to play with him. I I think that really is what happened, and I may be wrong there, but. Uh, I think he felt like this was going to be Corbello's team, and I think most everybody felt that way until the end of last season when it became apparent that that he, you know, he wasn't going to be here very long. Yeah, no, there's there's certain talent comes through, but the 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 ability to lead a team and marshal a team on the floor, I mean, that was you go back. That was Io's team. That was Trent's team in mm-hmm. the recent history. Mm-hmm. That was. Uh, uh, D's and and Darren's team before that. That was veteran guards are really important. Yeah, I mean, go way back. That was Bruce Douglas's team. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's yeah. just they just they have a way. And Illinois does not have a veteran guard. Um, calling Shannon a wing. You know, well, veteran, you, you and, can call Shannon a guard. I mean, he's a he's a wing. He's a, he's a guard. If you he's a, he could be a shooting guard. Mm-hmm. But you need somebody. You have to be able to break down the defense, and and you have to be able to make plays individually to set up other guys. And Shannon's doing some of that. He did it better last night than he's done it all season in terms of really good passes to guys to to set them up. Seven assists is a really good night. Well, we'll get into it more. The 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 rage of Brad Underwood was on display last night. Now that was a topic of conversation on social media and, and across the country. So we can talk about that a little bit if you want to weigh in. Uh, also got some of Brad Underwood's post game comments from last night in case you missed that. Uh, he he's you can almost hear it. He's just kind of beside himself and and just at a loss of what to do. But well, there they, is. They had a meeting till three o'clock in the morning, you know, after to try to make decisions uh, on how to change what was happening. Really, with and, the players or no, no, with the staff, and they decided to make the changes that you've seen. Oh, I thought you meant this from, past night. No, you know, and that that was because they had made a choice to go with the five, the five, uh, the full switch, and uh, five man, five man switching on defense, and and boy, oh boy, that that just wasn't working. We'll come back. Join us. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hey, Illini family. It's Illini women's basketball coach Shauna Green. Don't miss a minute of Illini basketball this season on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM DWS. You've got sports talk. Lauren Tate and myself, Scott Beatty. Hey, next hour we're going to play two out of three. Evan and Con and I will play two out of three with you. If you want to be a contestant, be ready to call in 217-356-9397. We've got Esquire dollars to give away. And Monday night, 
The News Gazette sports writers will be back at the Esquire along with host Steve Kelly. So that is something for your calendars. Women play tonight against Northwestern, 8 p.m. tip, 7.45 pregame. I wonder how many, uh, I wonder what the tenants will be like for the women's game after they hit right at 5,000 for that previous game against Iowa. It's going to be tough for the families. I don't think the families will bring in young, eight o'clock game as, is rough. As, as many young kids. Although I do have a colleague here who is taking kids tonight, but I and I guess well, they're uh, worth watching. Oh, they are, and uh, they have got a trio of guards. I know Adelia McKenzie's kind of playing the four, but McKenzie and Bryant and Cook. Take your pick there in the order. It, you know, it's kind of like those three are just. You can't stop all three. Guard play. Mm-hmm. And Peebles is really good off the bench. And Kendall Bostic is solid and efficient offensively. And and, and Bryn Shoop Hill is kind of your glue in there. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we still have to see more. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, yeah. The tough games are coming up. And the Big Ten has got a lot of good teams in it. And so we'll see. Is uh, My question for you, how long has it been and is it now? that the women's basketball team has been better than the women's volleyball team. <laughs> For this year, you mean? Well, I mean, I don't. I, we'll find out. Yeah. I mean, the volleyball team wasn't quite good enough to make the NCAA, yeah. and uh, it's too early to, to, you know, with all these Big Ten games coming, it's too early to say that they will, but right now they would. Oh, they yeah, can. I think I said the late the seven yeah. seed yeah. in the latest yeah. project. But, you know, it's January. But how many years in a row have we had a better volleyball team than a basketball team? And On the women's side. Yes, I mean, right. I mean, how many years? I mean, it's a decades and more, a decade and more. And then the flip it the other way, the men would not be in the tournament as of right now, I don't think. I haven't looked at a bracketology, but I don't know if their resume is still strong enough. But even if, look, regardless, the season's not over. There's 17 Big Ten games left for the men. Maybe we need that. You know, you don't change something that's perfect. They got 68 teams in the in the basketball playoffs. They should have 64, but they got to have. They added four more. But you want to see it go to 90? No. <laughs> I mean, how do you? Why would you change something that's just the best thing that we got going in college sports? And uh, having uh, a committee meeting to see if they want to go to 90. To be fair, that committee report did say specific sports should consider the other factors oh, involved. Hope. You know, broadcasting, logistics, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they, they may be, but they may be painting with broad strokes to say more teams in general and more sports need access to the postseason. But... 350 Division One basketball teams, you don't need 90 in a tournament because you barely got 68 good teams to start with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to the phones, 356-9397. Steve has been waiting. Hey, Steve. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out why Underwood doesn't press more. It seems like the only press is when we're behind 10 or 15 points. It seems to me that if you're going to press, you should be vested in that and use it more during the game. Good question. I mean, he was doing it more to start. You didn't hear that. He's asking why they don't press more instead of wait until they're down. I mean, that's if you're not a pressing team, that's about the only time you press. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you want to press the whole ball game. And, and I'm not sure when you get against good Big Ten teams, 
I just don't think it's effective at all. That's my opinion. I just I think the press is is uh, I know the the idea of Illinois pressing is to run the clock the the shot clock down and make them take eight or seven or eight nine seconds to get across the line. They're not trying to steal the ball. They never steal the ball. Northwestern didn't look like they were really expecting it last night when Illinois did press and they had a little bit of trouble against mm-hmm. it, but Illinois fell back out of it. I you know I think Steve's has point I, i'd be curious to see what would happen if they would do it a little bit more but you have to consider the risk reward of it and fatigue factors and everything else have you been watching the last 30 years of basketball have you ever seen a team that that uh, that had full court press that that uh, accomplished anything if they if so who was it i mean didn't Huggins I mean, team didn't west virginia kind of do that you can, all day? you can come down but you're dropping back mm-hmm. i mean i mean all you're doing is running clock exactly and 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 forcing the offense to be extra careful and if they do make a mistake okay then you got a free ball but it it doesn't always work if you're playing good big 10 teams with good guards they'll hurt you Mm -hmm. yep all right if you have anything else on your mind the castle heating and cooling text line is 217-351-5357 all right so it's making the rounds brad underwood's ire his wrath his anger his frustration whatever you want to call it was on display last night on television and there's some people nationally that are say oh he's he's extra riled up today <laughs> uh same seth, as always you know seth davis who's a great uh writer and mm-hmm. and and cover of national basketball but you know he he, he thought this was a standalone thing i was like no, it's not really we've been seeing this regularly this is kind of how he is this is daily this is every day it's in practice is worse yeah. than the games yeah, I mean, and and you had, by the way, Dre Gibbs Lawhorn, an incoming Illini player. He's not here. I think the commit tweeted out today that if you want to be the best, you have to be willing to take that kind of coaching. In other <laughs> words, he was giving his coach to be a ringing endorsement on social media. That's good. Yeah, I mean, more power to you. I'm not here to defend it or 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 argue against it. I'm just saying. This isn't really unusual for how he's been as well, a coach. I do remember when he first came here, they said, you know, uh, he's part of, uh, you know, his his career, he's been with other coaches who have been very strong, but that uh, he's stronger than any of them that way mm-hmm. in terms of getting on the players. And I, I think he's proved himself that, you know, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that uh, after his – First or second year here, you know, we had a crisis in which you, there was a some serious uh, discussions about how how he had to calm down because uh, we lost a number of players, including Smith, that went to Missouri, who actually was who actually received a, an immediate year of eligibility before the the transfer portal was in. Before you, when you actually had to sit out a year, he didn't have to sit out a year because the the NCA determined based on his request that he had been improperly treated. Back to the phones. Michael is with us. Hi, Michael. Hey, how's it going, you guys? It's Michael from down in Florida. Lauren, nice to talk to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't talked to you for a while. Hey, um, you know, it's it's pretty clear. I'm, I'm like you. I, you know, I, Underwood's a good coach. He's, uh, you can't win the most games and all the statistics. But a couple things. It's pretty clear that we should have got a veteran guard in the portal. Three freshmen, 
is is tough. I mean, that's just tough to do. And I I know there's dynamics there. You know, maybe maybe one of the freshmen. You know, I'll say maybe Clark doesn't come or something like that. But you you got to have an experienced guard at that level. But my question is more this. Okay, so he gets lauded a lot for going 0-6 at Oklahoma State, changing his defense, changing his approach, mm-hmm. and then making the NCAA tournament, which is really admirable, no question. A lot of people, I mean, I absolutely love Lou Henson. You know, we lived close to Lou, Lauren, for years. Uh, and he was always criticized because he, you know, wouldn't change. But my question is, okay, you do that and it works at Oklahoma State. Then you come to Illinois and you run, and you know where I'm going. You run that press pressure defense, it doesn't work, and you have to change it. You get Kofi, and it's like, okay, we're not going to run that, obviously. But then you go right back to it again as soon as Kofi leaves. And so I just don't think long-term it's a, a recipe for success to be toying with any part of your game, especially revamping your entire defense midseason. That just seems like a, a recipe for failure. Well, I think they went into the season anticipating that Danger wasn't going to be as uh, wasn't going to be in the lineup, and actually, Danger's turned out to be even better than we thought. He still isn't a, a dominant Big Ten center, as we saw Nicholson neutralized him last night, uh, and Nicholson's not exactly a, a star. But my, my point is that once he decided that he was going to have to use Coleman Hawkins jumping center and defending the the post that he thought this would be a great time since they had problems last year with Kofi and the last three years with Kofi in their defense. Why not just switch everybody? It sounds like a good idea in practice. It it isn't working. It didn't work. Yeah, I I think you're right. And I think it's a selling point, too, because that's what NBA teams play. So, hey, look, come play this at Illinois, and it's, it's, it's the future of how you're going to play in the NBA. The problem is the NBA players, they got five unbelievable players, not three freshman guards who've never, ever played basketball at this level, right? It's tough to do that. So I, it just it seems to me, I mean, I'm really, really happy that he's so, such, so flexible. That is really a good thing. But I don't think long-term he can be changing major <laughs> schemes in his offense and defense on the fly. That's, that's tough to do. Well, Michael, I think you raise an interesting point. There might be something said for Wisconsin and what Greg Gard does. I mean, it's rinse and repeat. They they re, they put players into a specific, this is what we're running. This is how we do it. And you kind of know what's coming year in and year out. It, there's some nuance and change. As, as a, but I think this year is more of what Underwood, at least what he has started, what he wants to be naturally is his way of, of playing basketball. It's not, it was not total press deny, pressure deny defense that he was trying to run when he first got here, but this is, you know, the, the switching and all that. Well, I don't think, though, that he is trying to just copy the NBA and say, well, I, I don't think he's under a delusion that he's got five NBA players on the floor. He's just trying to be more what he wants to be because when you put Kofi Coburn on the floor, he, he dictates what you run. Without Kofi Coburn, you have more flexibility. But obviously, going from this to that, there's well, something to be said for for maybe trying to be consistent. We saw something needed to be done, and he did make a move. It just mm-hmm. maybe that isn't working either. <laughs> By the way, a listener uh, uh, suggested too the press was very effective for 
Arkansas, and 40 Minutes of Hell and Nolan Richards. Yeah, okay. I mean, how many teams do you say in the, are in the NCA? 300, 350. Yeah, yeah, 350. And you're going to pick out one team back 20 years ago that was, you know, if I went back 50 years, I'd say Harry Combs had the best – he was way ahead of his time mm-hmm. for uh, for full court pressure. Yeah. I was raised with full court pressure. I, I mean, I I watched Harry's teams when uh, when he did. You know, in high school they were sensational. They'd steal the ball. You couldn't get the ball over the midcourt against them. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying today, when you're playing in the Big Ten against Big Ten good Big Ten guards, you're not going to be successful with it. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Carry on here with Sports Talk. We appreciate you all joining us. Illinois last night losing 73-60. to By the way, Michael Tulip had some really good breakdown last night. He and Evan Kahn were handling the postgame therapy session. So, so if you missed some of that, that's a podcast at our, our website, wdws.com. Never had anybody better than, than Mike Tulip in analyzing. He's the best I've ever heard. He has, he has a coach's mind. Yeah, and he understands. Uh, he's a basketball junkie. Also, yep. he he watches well, everything. He, he watches film and he studies film and he analyzes yeah. it and he breaks it down and and uh, he also has a, a, a you know he's had the experience and he played for Illinois. He transferred and played. I mean he's he's been through it all. Back in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hey, Illini family, it's Illinois women's basketball coach Shauna Green. We'll see you tonight at the State Farm Center. And listen in right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Sports Talk rolling on. We go till 6 o'clock tonight. It's uh, women's basketball, 745. They host Northwestern. They'll look for their seventh straight win. You got something on your mind? We got a little more time here in this hour, maybe in the second hour as well, to open up the lines. Firing a beard surprise you? (laughs) Um, (laughs) No. (laughs) I guess not. No, I, I, yes, yes, and no. I won't get into that, but let's take this call. Let's go to Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Hey, guys, I'm wondering if we could switch gears a little bit, go back to the Illinois Bowl game. And I had noticed that Brian Hightower uh, hadn't played in that game, and then I saw that he was not returning to Illinois. And I personally, I thought maybe he was our most talented receiver, you know, a big guy who could separate himself, catch the ball. But there were games that, you know, he just wasn't involved in the, in the game plan, I guess. And I wondered what your observation was about about the use of him and why he loved Illinois. Well, I don't think we know uh, that. I, I'd have to take the word that he was injured. They said he had a, I think, a hamstring hamstring injury, which is we wonder about it now. I guess whether it's really true that he did, but in any case, they said he did, and and uh, I suppose that uh, I thought he was our best uh, in making tough catches. Under duress, I thought he was the best one on the team. He certainly had downfield. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, but uh, Isaiah Williams had more catches and and a lot of short catches. And what's they expect him to run with? Well, I would really be speculating on what Brian Hightower is thinking. Mm-hmm. But some of the things that's not going to stop me from wondering that. Okay, first of all, it it's it's always possible that somebody just wants to 
he's got his degree, maybe, and he's eligible right away as a grad transfer. Maybe he just there's family or, or relationships or whatever, the, or, or an academic pursuit that he wants to have that's possible. And, and more likely than anything, somebody offered him more money. That's another possibility. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. You know that's what happened. Uh, there is a highly regarded incoming receiver that's set to announce a commitment on Saturday. But you can't, you know, freshman receiver. When's the last time we had a really good freshman receiver? Mike Dudek. Yeah, Dudek was, was uh, exceptional. I agree. But but you, normally receivers take time. They do. Not in the same way that linemen do, but they I agree with you. I don't know that he's an instant impact guy. You know, he probably can crack the depth chart. All I'm saying is there could be something that Hightower sees or maybe he's thinking It's a shame that Hightower's not coming back cuz he is. would have been a good receiver. He is a graduate. He can get immediate eligibility. There's no problem. This is third school when you transfer once you're all, the more you see a guy, if he's transferred once, look out. He'll transfer again. And it's also possible that he just doesn't like Big Ten officials. <laughs> well, he sure got robbed at Indiana. Yeah, no did. doubt about that. Yeah, Kevin, sorry, can't give you a more definitive answer if we, we did what we knew. But I just, yeah, we're take, take everybody, everything at their word, everybody at their word, unless you know different. 217-351-5357 on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. All right, you brought up Chris Beard. That's the big headline of the day in the world of college basketball. Chris Beard fired by Texas. If you're not caught up to speed, he was charged with assault a few weeks back now uh, on his, I believe it's his fiance. Yeah. Uh, she later uh, denied some of what was what she apparently what law enforcement said she said uh, was, which was that there was strangulation involved. Nonetheless, Texas looked into it all and they said, you're done. Um, and there's been follow-ups to clarify that it's not because they think he necessarily committed a crime. It's the conduct that they saw that they felt is unbecoming of a head coach. That's why he has been fired. And she did have marks on her, and she did have bruises, and and, and she did say a lot of things. But uh, she also said that she started it by knocking his glasses off, and then mm-hmm. he responded by, she said, going crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, starting it is not is way different than finishing it, and, and, and well, there's, not, there's never an excuse for it. Oh, no, oh, no, 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 uh, no excuse. I mean, and I... And now the question is, who will be the next coach at the University of Texas, which is one of the one of the better paying jobs, uh, I'm sure, uh, in in all of sport. You know, let the rumors start flying around. Seth Davis did point out, here's who I would call. You know, here's who who uh, Texas should call, and uh, you know he he puts John Calipari on the short list, and all and and some others, but they think. He thinks it's uh, likely to be the guy currently filling in. Okay. And that isn't Rodney Terry. Is that his name? I'm not sure. I will look it up here for you. Uh, da, 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 da. Come on, Scott. Yeah, Rodney Terry. He was, he's the acting head coach right now. And he was an assistant at UNC Wilmington and Baylor and uh, was under Rick Barnes for many years at Texas. Mm-hmm. So he, he may well have the job. Uh, for a, a, a permanent, uh, but Seth Davis throws out um, John Calipari, Kentucky. Because you think Kentucky's getting tired of Calipari? I, I mean, really? <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that are there. Yeah, yeah I think I just wonder if, if Calipari's. 
I, I don't want to say that they're going to fire him, but but uh, there's been some disappointment down at Kentucky that they're not better, considering the quality of, of uh, recruits they get. Of course, that's his responsibility, too. He does yeah. bring in good players. Well, Calipari may be a guy that likes to have his name thrown out there for anything to use to his advantage. Or maybe he's interesting. Maybe he's interested. Um, he's kind of hot right now. Dennis Gates at Missouri, Seth Davis suggests. Chris Holtman at Ohio State, um, who's in a good situation, but hasn't turned the corner in terms of the postseason. Royal Ivy, who is an assistant with the Brooklyn Nets, he lists. Eric Musselman at Arkansas. Nate Oates at Alabama. Kelvin Sampson at Houston. (laughs) Uh, Kelvin Sampson at Houston. They could pay more than Houston, couldn't they? Probably. Boy, I see. Whether you like Kelvin Sampson or not, and I don't like him particularly, but a boy, oh boy, he's sure been successful. And Jay Wright has been out of the game now for a year. So why not him? You think he's coming back? Well, this is a, you know, again, this is a a, a writer's like, okay, here's who I would consider. Mm-hmm. And, and You didn't it, see uh, Underwood's name there, huh? I did not see it in his list. I'm sure there's some people that wonder if he would if he would go because his name – he was sure thrown had, around last time. Well, he had a lot of success at Stephen let, F. Austin. And let me say, by thrown around, I mean people who talk about who mm-hmm. would make mm-hmm. uh, viable candidates for this job. Not That's who, not the same as who was considered who or was who in did or interviewed. interview. Right. Yeah. Right. But we like to live in the space of speculation. The other, so. big, the other big news today, there isn't much, is that Notre Dame's got their quarterback, Sam Hartman. Mm-hmm. And that's where he was expected to go, transferring from Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. One of the best ever at that school and in the mm-hmm. ACC. And yeah. kind of staying in the ACC. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Haven't heard anything about the Kevin Warren deal either, by the way. No, the Big that's Ten been quiet, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Big Ten commissioner um, reportedly a few weeks ago with uh, a top candidate for the Bears. But you, President did, you are hearing that Harbaugh is going to stay at Michigan? Well, it, uh, listen, let me tell you what Jim Harbaugh's statement said. He issued his statement today on on Twitter. And um, look, I'm looking at the forecast tomorrow, 36 degrees. Day after that, 25 degrees. Or tom- <laughs> I'm sorry, that's today. Tomorrow, 37 degrees, mostly cloudy. I expect there to be clouds tomorrow, <laughs> okay? I do not know what the future holds, well, but I expect there to be clouds tomorrow. Here's the important thing. He has talked to the president and the athletic director before making his statement. That's important. Mm-hmm. Because if you talk to the president, you're going to give him an indication of what you're going to do, I would think. He said last year that's that's the end of this NFL spe- speculation. Off Rumors come out. Rumors are rumors. and But why wouldn't you be more emphatic? Well, because he's. You know, why would you want to be emphatic? I mean, why? Because you said this was a, this wasn't going to be a thing again when he last yeah, year. They, you know, every year is a new year, and if somebody comes along and offers you twenty million to go to Denver, don't you at least have to just? Don't you have to consider it? I I I can't disagree with you. All I'm saying is, you can't predict the future. So all you, I guess, all you can say is he expects to be coaching in 2023. The Michigan Wolverines. Jim Harbaugh. What a peach. Back after this. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. 
Hey, Illini family, it's Brad Underwood. We'll see you Saturday at the State Farm Center and catch game day coverage starting two hours before tip-off right here on DWS. Coming up at the end of Hour 1, Evan's in Hour 2, and uh, get your sports knowledge at the front of your brain and the tip of your tongue if you want to play some two out of three. We got Esquire dollars as prizes. Also, Joe Vozelli from the News Gazette sports staff. He's been covering Illini women's hoops, and um, all of a sudden is kind of a hot commodity. Joe Vozelli, that is, because he's got... Got a team that is starting to draw a lot of interest in the Illini women. So you could be there tonight. You can be able to make it tonight. You know, I, I'm debating whether to go or to watch it on uh, TV. It's going to be on the Big Ten. It's on the Big Ten Network, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm going to make a trip to one of my children immediately, and uh, we'll go from there. Mm-hmm. Do we, what they say. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I'm affected by what they want to do. Sure. All right. Texas A&M. Had a ball game last night against uh, Florida and started the game down. They started, it was not a 0-0 game when the game started. This happens every once in a while. They were administered a technical, administration, administrative technical. I was going to send a, a message to Andy Dixon and ask him if that ever happened to him. They forgot their uniform. <laughs> forgot the uniform. They left him in the hotel. They had to go get him. And by the time they got it sorted out, it caused a delay of game, so they were issued a technical, and they started down one to nothing. And that was about as good as it got for Florida. Florida lost. <laughs> you ever heard of such a thing? Used to be you weren't allowed to dunk in pregame warm-ups. Well, that's right, because you could damage those rims, and then they finally got the rims so strong that you can't hurt them. And yeah. Is that hurt. really why the rule was there? Mm-hmm. It's still in high school. Oh, yeah, you could break a rim off. Easy. In the old days, you fracture the entire backboard. Oh, sure. But not anymore. You, I mean, you can hang on them forever. They're strong. Yeah. Boy, when Kofi first got here, that was the... the Talk was can the yeah. rims withstand Kofi Coburn, and I did mean he, he could bring some force. Did he have one? Did he had one time? Didn't he? I think trying, he may have I'm got. Trying, I, I can't remember where it was or who it was, but I remember him bent at one bent it and it didn't come back. Yeah, or, it's it's not the shattering like Shaquille O'Neal had mm-hmm. at one point, but uh, you know at some point you can do damage to it if you're big enough. Well, there was a bent enough. rim that I saw they were fixing the other day. I forget where it was. I saw it on TV that there, there was a rim that took oh, a long yeah, time they to get the level out. Couldn't get it level, yeah. They, they had to look at that whole thing. All right, sir, you'll get tomorrow off. By the and, way, uh, yeah. Louis Carnesecca, age 98. Nobody else remembers him, but I do. Great coach out, out on the East Coast. Louis Carnesecca. You never heard that name? No. Is that right? No. 98 years old. Today? Well, I guess this week, today. Oh, happy maybe, birthday. Yeah. Louis, that I've never met, but if you're a friend of Lauren's, you're a friend of mine. (laughs) (laughs) He was a famous coach. We'll hear you Saturday morning with Sports Talk. We'll be here. We're going to start off with uh, Trent Meacham. Good guy. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.